0: Episode 32, How to Untwist Your Thinking. This is the Expat Mom Podcast, a podcast for expat moms around the world who want to feel better and improve their emotional health as they navigate the unique challenges of living and mothering abroad. I'm your host, Jenny Linton. I'm a certified life coach, a mom to four daughters, and married to a U.S. diplomat. I've lived in six countries on four continents. I know what it's like to feel stuck emotionally, and I know how to get unstuck. I'm excited to share with you some tools to help you feel less discouraged, improve your relationships, and increase your confidence. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks to all of you who are regular listeners, and thank you to all of you who are new here. Today, we are talking about how to untwist your thinking. Have you ever eaten one of those twisty donuts? The kind that are made by taking two separate long rolls of dough and gently winding them around each other. I think they're the best, slightly warm with just a little bit of sugar on the outside. Mm. These twisty donuts can help us understand our minds and our thoughts. One of the dough rolls could represent reality, meaning what happened, what the other person said, or what we did. The other roll of dough, is how we interpret what happened, or in other words, our thought about what happened. As reality and our thoughts about it become enmeshed, just like the two strands of dough, it becomes difficult to tell sometimes what is our perception of reality and what is actually reality. The truth is that our thoughts very rarely match reality exactly. Our thoughts often are distorted or twisted compared to what actually happened, for example, Someone may not say hello to us as they pass by, and we may assume they're being rude or that they were irritated with us. And that may be true, but it may also be true that they were simply absorbed in a podcast and didn't see us, or that they were just hurrying somewhere. Our thought, while it likely felt true to us, was actually twisted compared to the truth. The way we perceive and interpret things comes from our biology. It comes from our past life experiences. It comes from what we saw modeled for us, our belief structures, and other things that have happened in our lives. So it makes sense that each of us would see things slightly differently. While this is normal to interpret things, sometimes our distorted thoughts can cause a lot of suffering if we don't straighten them out. For example, we may unnecessarily worry about the friendship with the person who passed by us without saying hello when nothing at all was wrong. In my opinion, the most delectable way to eat twisty donuts is to carefully pull each part away from each other. The fact that they have been together makes the part where they pull apart particularly delicious. Similarly, we can untwist our thinking as we're able to separate what actually happened from our interpretation of what happened. The process of detangling our thoughts can actually be quite simple and it can actually be a lot of fun. My clients and I often laugh as we discover thought errors, because once we uncover them, they sometimes seem almost comical. And just like a donut is more delicious, having once been together and then being pulled apart, the same is true for our thinking. Once we recognize the discrepancy between what is actually reality and how we interpret it, it makes reality so much sweeter when we discover what is actually reality. Today, I wanna share one simple approach to help you untwist your thinking. I wanna help you learn how to peel apart the facts of what actually happened with your view of what happened. This is one of the quickest and most powerful ways to feel differently. The simple tool that I will teach today will work to help you with small issues like day-to-day irritations, as well as with weightier issues. It's totally possible to untwist distorted thinking. This topic is part of our month-long focus on how to improve your emotional resilience. Studies show that 50% of expats have depression. This is three times higher than the general population. That's a lot. The risk of anxiety is twice as high as the general population. Given the high amounts of expats with depression and anxiety, we know that there are some factors related to expat life that are challenging to our emotional health. We'll be covering several topics around managing our mind and emotions in order to help us improve our emotional resilience. Before we start, I want to let you know about a free resource that I have. I know in this community, we are all busy. So I decided to create something that would help expat moms improve their emotional health and their relationships and wouldn't require very much time. So each week I carefully craft a short tip or perspective that is designed to be read in about a minute. I call it one minute wisdom. Let me tell you about an experience. One mom shared about one minute wisdom. She said she was having issues with her daughter and feeling really frustrated with her in reading the one minute wisdom that week about how to see others with new eyes. She realized that part of her frustration was being caused by how she herself was behaving. The way she was behaving, wasn't consistent with how she wanted to mother. And without even realizing it, she was taking out some of her frustration with how she was acting on her daughter which was then perpetuating the problem. The more she criticized her daughter, the more her daughter acted out. As she realized this dynamic, she began to soften her responses to her daughter. And not surprisingly, her daughter began to act out less. This did not solve everything in their relationship, but her awareness of the issue and knowing where to put her effort helped to alleviate some of the strain. You can sign up for One Minute Wisdom in the show notes. It's totally free and is delivered directly to your inbox once a week. Let's go ahead and jump into our topic, how to untwist our thinking. As we talked about, sometimes our thoughts become twisted or distorted. Since our thoughts create our feelings, it's essential to make sure our thoughts are straightened out if we want to feel better. Last week, we talked about one very simple and quick way to get a little awareness about what your thoughts are, a thought download. Episode 31 covers how to do a thought download and why it matters. Writing your thoughts down helps you get them out of your head. Our thoughts can be hard to identify and sort through when they're in your brain. Once they're on paper, we can actually deal with them. This week, we're going to build on that tool of writing down your thoughts. I want to teach you how to look at the thoughts you write down, and I want to teach you one way to untwist them. I'd like to start by sharing an experience that I had last weekend where my distorted thoughts caused me to be less than my best self to mother in a way I wasn't very proud of and caused me to end up feeling disappointed. This weekend, my daughter helped me wash our car. They were so excited to go out and have fun in the water. We got out a bucket and soap and sponges, and they were having a wonderful time. I went out to help them, thinking, this is going to be a fun experience together. But I found myself immediately noticing problems and calling out criticisms. Oh, uh, girls, we need to wet it first before we put soap on it. Oh, please don't spray each other. I'm going to have to do a ton of laundry. Girls, please don't whip the sponge around like that. It gets soap all over the garage and the bikes. As I called out my criticisms, I could see the excitement and fun start to wane. The giggles turned to nagging of each other. And then I was nagging them about arguing with each other. We all came inside frustrated and disappointed. I went out there intending to have fun with the kids. And we all ended up feeling disappointed and snapping at each other. Now, some of you might think that's just how families are sometimes. And of course you'd be right. But I also happened to recognize that I might have some thought errors driving my behavior. And I knew if I untwisted them, it might allow me to have a lot more fun next time with my kids when we did something together. So I grabbed a napkin and I wrote down what I was thinking just to get a quick snapshot of my brain while I was out with the kids. Here is my thought download about the car wash. I don't write them in any order. I just make a list of everything going through my mind. The kids are going to make the car worse by washing it with soap before wetting the car. They are going to get the bikes all wet. I'm going to have to do a lot of laundry after this, and I don't want to. The car isn't going to look good after this. I'm not being a very fun mom. I'm being so grumpy. The kids shouldn't fight. The kids are always fighting. As you listen to all my thoughts, can you tell why I was feeling irritated? My thoughts were full of criticism for my kids and myself. Ugh. Once I see the thoughts that I'm dealing with, I like to use three questions to get some leverage over them. The first question is Is this a fact or an opinion? The second question is Is it helping me to believe this? And the third question is Is there any other way to see this? I'm going to quickly walk you through each question and then I'll show you how I applied these questions to my thoughts in this situation. So, question number one Is this a fact or an opinion? Separating out whether a thought is a fact or an opinion is actually more of a skill than you might anticipate at first. We often think something is a fact when it's actually an opinion. One of my daughters came home and had to write an opinion piece. In school, they were learning the difference between a fact, which is something proven to be true, and an opinion, which is something someone thinks about a fact or a situation. She wrote an opinion piece about how she thought that they should serve treats once a week in the cafeteria. In order to help the children recognize the difference between a fact and opinion, the teacher had my daughter put a big sign-up sheet in the cafeteria and get signatures for people who agreed with their opinion. This was to help the children see that some people agreed and some people did not. Likewise, one way to determine if something is a fact or an opinion is to ask, would everyone agree with us, including the other person? For example, when someone cuts us off in traffic, we might think, that person is a jerk, It feels like a fact, but actually it's an opinion. If we polled every human on earth, not everyone would agree that that person is a jerk for cutting us off. If we asked the person themselves, maybe they were trying to make it to the hospital for their wife's delivery of a baby. Maybe they didn't mean to cut you off. It was an honest mistake. While the person may have said or done something that does legitimately feel rude to us, the belief that they are a jerk is an opinion, not a fact. A fact is something essentially indisputable, like the time of the sunrise in a particular city. The time of the sunrise is certain enough that we can put it into a weather app. For some reason, as we get older, the line between facts and thoughts becomes easily blurred. As we become more confident and more experienced, we somehow think that the way that we see the world is how it's happening. But that is simply not true. In the traffic example that we talked about, the fact was that the person cut us off. The opinion was that we thought the person was a jerk for doing it. The value in recognizing that our belief or thought is an opinion, not a fact, is that it begins to loosen it up in our minds. We realize that the way we are thinking is optional. Now, we might still want to continue to believe that thought, but when we recognize that it's a choice and not a fact, we realize that we can choose it deliberately, rather than than being controlled by that thought. Question number two, is it helping me to believe this? Most of us move through our day and our interactions without really questioning the way that we see things. Once we have more awareness of our thoughts and we recognize that our thoughts are optional, the natural following question is, is this thought useful? And is it helping me? One of the best ways I've found to decide if a thought is useful or not is to look at how a particular thought makes you feel or act. So for example, when I think that person is a jerk for cutting me off, I feel angry. I'm likely to honk and drive more aggressively. Taking a step back, it's not really helpful. I don't enjoy being angry and my anger isn't helping me do anything productive. It's also not changing the behavior of the other driver. They can't even hear me and how I drive doesn't really matter to them. In fact, all it's doing is hurting me. I might be likely to drive in a less safe way and be irritated with the next person that I see. The question is this thought helping me is an important one because our brain always chooses thoughts for a reason. It chooses them because it thinks that it's going to help us in some way. However, sometimes the lower brain chooses thoughts that it thinks will be useful and they aren't in this case. The brain thought it would be useful to get angry when someone cut us off because it feels somehow like it'd be protective. My brain thought it would help me fight, but actually in this case, anger was making me less safe. I couldn't fight. I didn't want to fight. And as I let my brain see that I can recognize that and it naturally begins to shift our thinking. When the brain sees that the thought we're thinking isn't useful, it automatically begins looking for a different thought something that will serve us and help us. And that brings us to question number three. Is there another way to see this? Now, this sounds like a simple question, but it can be the most powerful of all three questions. There are almost always multiple ways to see any given situation. Sean Acor has found in his positive psychology research that the ability to see a situation from multiple perspectives is one of the keys to good mental health and the ability to feel more happiness. One of my favorite practices to help myself see a situation from more than one perspective is to take a thought, reverse it and try to see if I can find three reasons. The statement is true. For example, I could flip the thought. That person's a jerk for cutting me off to that person is not a jerk for cutting me off. I could brainstorm some reasons why that could be true. Maybe the person was rushing to help their elderly parent who had fallen and was, they were doing their best to get there as quickly as possible. Maybe the person didn't realize I was there and it was an accident, or maybe the person's from a different city where driving that way is the norm. And maybe it's not considered rude. Do you see how I brainstorm evidence for the new thought? And it begins to expand my mind and challenge the thought. Another way I could turn this thought around is I'm a jerk for cutting me off. Now, of course, I didn't actually cut myself off in traffic, but I was probably having a lovely drive. And because I chose to be irritated at the person who cut me off, I cut short my enjoyment of my drive because I was getting all upset about the other person's driving. Do you see how I can see the same situation from more than one perspective when I flip the thought around? It's a simple tool, but I find it's a quick and powerful way to stretch my mind and see that there is more than one way to see a situation. Just because there are other ways to see a situation doesn't necessarily mean you have to think about them that way. I find that thoughts, especially ones that are ingrained, aren't always easily swapped out. It takes some time to shift our thinking, but the act of recognizing that our thoughts are not facts, recognizing that our thoughts aren't helping us, and that there are other ways to see a situation can go a long way in helping our higher brain recognize that our default mode of thinking might need an upgrade. Let me go over the three questions with one of the thoughts from my thought download about the car wash last weekend. One of my thoughts that definitely seemed pretty true in the moment was, ugh, oh, the girls spray each other. I'm gonna have to do a lot of laundry after this. So question number one, is it a fact or an opinion? Now it may be true that the kids will get their clothes wet while they're washing the car, but it's equally possible that they might also not get wet. I don't really know. I'm projecting what will happen. And even if they do get wet, I don't have to do the laundry. Do you see how my thought isn't a fact? It's an opinion. Question number two, is it helping me to focus on and believe this thought? Actually, it's not really helping me to think about laundry when I want to have a fun time washing the car with my kids. It actually makes me feel uptight and to nag them about being careful with the water, which undermines my experience with my kids. Question number three, is there another way to see this? I could take the thought, I'm going to have to do a lot of laundry after this, and I don't want to, and say, I'm not going to have to do a lot of laundry after this. This could be true because I don't have to do laundry. I can have the kids do it. I could decide to hang up the clothes and let them dry instead of doing the laundry. I could also flip the statement around to say, I'm going to have to do a lot of laundry after this, and it's totally worth it. I want to have a fun time with my kids, and really it's not that big of a deal to throw a load of laundry in. Just applying these three questions helps me begin to stretch up my mind and untwist some of the tight grip the old thought had on me. As I begin to untwist some of those tightly held beliefs and thoughts, I can see that actually I like some of the newer thoughts better. I can see that I'd rather just relax and let the kids enjoy playing with water. And I don't mind doing a load of laundry after, but it took a little bit of questioning my own thoughts and recognizing what they were for me to see it. Once I was able to do that, I saw it clearly. And it wasn't that hard to move to a new thought. Let me apply one more of the thoughts from my thought download. The kids shouldn't fight. Question number 1, is it a fact or an opinion? It feels obvious that it's better when kids don't fight, but actually not everyone agrees. In, in fact, some scientists think that kids not fighting can be cause for concern. Fighting is one way we learn who we are. We learn what we care about and how we who we want to be in the world. It shows us that we have opinions and dignity, and regardless of whether or not it is good to fight, it is very normal. Studies show that almost all kids argue and have conflict. So even if I don't enjoy it or like it, the fact is that healthy kids don't get along sometimes. So me believing that kids shouldn't fight is arguing with reality. My thought is an opinion. Question number two, is it helping me to focus on this thought and believe it? When I think the kids shouldn't fight, I feel irritated and I nag the kids to stop. I feel exhausted and frustrated at the kids instead of having fun with them. I do wanna be the kind of mom who helps my kids learn not to fight and argue but I also know that I'm not very effective at helping them from a place of frustration. So the answer to the question number two is no, it's not really helping me question. Number three, is there another way to see this? I could turn the thought kids shouldn't fight to kids should fight. Sometimes now that I've realized this is normal. And maybe even that kids are healthy when they fight, it helps me see it differently. Dealing with conflict with siblings can help them learn important skills and It provides a chance for me to connect with my kids and teach them how to deal with conflict. I'd much rather them learn how to deal with conflict when I'm there and can help them navigate it than when they're grown and they don't have any support. Remember our analogy of the twisty donut? These three questions help us separate what actually happened from how we interpreted what happened. The more we're willing to identify and question our thoughts about things, the more we open ourselves up to a richer and more comprehensive worldview. We are able to see how some of our thoughts might be distorted. It might not be serving us. The more we separate what actually happened from how we thought about what happened, the more deliberate we can be in deciding how we want to think about things. So let's review our three questions for untwisting our thinking. Question one, is it a fact or an opinion? Question two, is it helping me to focus on and believe this? Question number three, is there another way to see this? Let's move on to our expat extra strategy. For those of you who are new here, this is the place in the podcast where we apply what we've learned to our own lives. So think of a situation recently where you didn't act how you wanted to. Maybe you slept in when you had intended to get up. Maybe you said something critical and regretted it later. Maybe you felt overwhelmed and watched Netflix instead of working on your project. Do a quick thought download and write down all the thoughts that you were thinking in the situation. Then pick one of the thoughts and apply the three questions that we talked about today. Afterwards, notice how you feel and think about the situation. Is it any different than you felt and thought before? One of the very best ways to untwist your thinking is to get coaching. This is one of the things we do in a session is identify what you're thinking and help you see things differently. I have all sorts of tools to help you recognize thought errors and untwist your thinking. I'd love for you to sign up for a free 30 minute mini coaching session on my website, theexpatmom.com, and bring something that you're struggling with or something you'd like help seeing differently. I'd love to help you untwist your thinking. I'll talk to you next week. If you like what you're learning on this podcast, please share this episode with a friend. I wish that I had had these tools a lot earlier in my life, and I'd love to pass them along to more people who can benefit. I also appreciate when you leave reviews for the podcast. It helps me know my listeners better and understand what you find useful. It also helps the podcast grow. You can find more free resources to improve your relationships and your emotional health on my website at theexpatmom.com and on my Instagram page at theexpatmomcoach.